Join us online as we stream. You can catch any of our services on Facebook, YouTube, or at www.rdci.info. We might not be able to gather in the building, but you can still get to church. Stream on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesdays at 12 noon and 7 p.m. And ladies, catch Women's Bible Study on Facebook, Fridays at 12 noon. for listening to the Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. We'd love to have you at any of our three campuses. In Columbia, join us at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, meet us at 990 Willington Drive. In Florence, join us at 1507 West King Avenue. For more information, including service times, visit rdci.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Get Your Life Back by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Are y'all with me here? You need to understand the basis of Christianity. So when people come to you with other stuff, you, uh, you know how to screen out and filter out what is Christian, what's not Christian. So when we receive Jesus, we receive life. Paul says this, Galatians 2 and 21, Bishop Scotland Bailey, favorite scripture, he would quote it all the time, Galatians 2 and 20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh. I'm still alive. I'm still walking in the earth. The life now, now live in the flesh on this earth. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I'm alive, but now I got life. I was alive before Jesus, but now I got life. See, you can be alive but not have life. He said, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Nevertheless, I live. I live my life is Christ. Christ is my life. I live this life because I live for Jesus. I live this life and because Jesus lives in me. I can't separate my life from Jesus. Are y'all with me here? Jesus says again, John 8, 12. He said, the latter part of that, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall, here we go, have the light of life. Everybody say the light of life. So when I get Jesus, now he illuminates my steps. I have purpose. I have destiny. I have fulfillment. My life has a mission. I realize I was created, on, put on this earth, not for my will, but his will. Come on now. Watch this. I exist. I, uh, I exist for God's purposes, not necessarily him just existing for my purposes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to get that. You got to get that. Because when, when you get that, then, then, then you recognize my whole purpose on being in earth is to do what he tells me to do. Be where he wants me to be. Well, I said, work the job he wants me to be on. I'm on assignment. 
That's why the Bible says he determines uh, our times and the bounds of our habitation. He determines where we live, not the job. Not the economy. Because the same ones who say that, we also saying I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And a soldier does not decide where he's assigned. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm gonna sign up. I'm going to Fort Jackson. I'm, I'm signing up now. I need you to say I'm from um, I'm from Texas. I need to be stationed in San Antonio. Or you know, all my family right here in um, the Carolinas. I need to be stationed in Fort Hood. Fort Hood, maybe Fort Jackson. I ain't going nowhere else. Now I'm just telling you right now. I ain't going to Afghanistan. Now that's out the picture. No, you don't determine where you go when you're a soldier. You get assigned where they need you. And you, the truth is, they don't even care if you fully know why you're there. I just don't know why God got me here. He didn't tell you to leave, did he? And you can do your job better if you know the mission. Which is why you need to keep seeking God. But he's supposed to determine where we, where we live, where we move, where we have our being. I know I'm challenging us here. And I say this because I, I see this all the time. I've been pastoring now for 25 years and, and seeing folks come and go many times on a whim. And the only reason why I can talk this is because I understand what it is to get fired from a job and have nothing. And the Lord said, I called you to be here. And not knowing where income is coming from. But I knew for me to jump and go someplace else, I would have been out the will of God. And if there was any time to shut the ministry down, it would have been in those, in those first eight months with 20 people. Didn't own anything. Okay. My, my whole rent for the church was $50 on Sunday, 25 during the week. 75 well, you know, we, we can move on. But I know I was in the will of God. Because he is my life. Come and say it. Come and say it even if you don't believe it or really mean it. Come on. Embrace it. Say he is my life. He's my life. He's my life. Y'all know when somebody get a boo obey, that boo obey becomes their life. That's when they get to revelation. They've been in church too much. They start dating, get a boo. I'm telling you, church, church, church. Life, life ain't just about church. It's church all the time. Because you got a boo. Then, then, then soon something going wrong with your boo or babe. You come back to church. Ah! And we lay hands. He heals the broken heart. <laughs> the devil wants to steal your life. He wants to disconnect you from the source of your life. John 10.10. 10, the thief cometh not but for what? To steal. To kill and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't just want you to live an average life. I want you to live an, an abundant life. One translation says, till it overflows. An overflowing life. That's what Jesus came to give us. And the devil wants to rob our life by disconnecting us from the source of our life. Oh my goodness. Our life it's supposed to be in Jesus alone. Look, look at this here in Galatians 1. Galatians 1, 6 8. I didn't cover this last night, but the Lord gave me this early this morning. Galatians 1, 6 8. Paul says, I'm, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked how off y'all have gotten. 
It amazes me how you done backslid. Galatians 1, 6, Paul said, I marvel. I marvel. He said, I'm shocked. I, I just don't know what to think about this. I marvel you're so removed from him, from him who called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. You tell me, I got this new revelation. Pastor Marshall tell me somebody said, we've seen who, somebody who grew up in, grew up in our church and, and they came and they said, well, you know, I, now I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And I, got the, I found my roots and what. Pastor Marshall said, go on, just go on, be, go be great. You got your new revelation. You realize Jesus ain't Jesus, somebody else is Jesus. You question the rapture. You question whether you need to give and tithe. Go be great. My job is to preach. Your job is to believe and hear what the preacher is preaching and believe. How can you, whoever shall call upon name the Lord shall be saved. How can you call on him you have not heard? And how can you call? How can you, how can you call unless there be a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? So I'm sent to preach and it's your job to put faith in gear. I can't make people believe. I said to somebody recently, Lord had me to call them. I perceive they've gotten off. I said to somebody recently, as I talked to them, they start talking to me what they believe and don't believe anymore. I said, let me tell you something. Been around here a long time. I said, Jesus preached for three years and worked miracles, fed 5,000, raised the dead, healed the sick, opened up blinded eyes, and some believed and some didn't. Thomas said, I ain't going to believe unless I put my hands in his side and put my, thrust my hand in his hand and, and see the nails that went through his feet. I will not believe. So believing is a choice. He said, I will not. He could have. He said, I will not. So if you will not believe, you will not believe. My job is to preach. Paul spends years in Ephesus. And the Bible says, and all that, some believed and some didn't. Paul stands before the king Agrippa. Y'all know he laid out his case. He lays out his case and tells him about Jesus. And tells him about his testimony. How he knocked off the beast. How Jesus appeared to him and all this. And Paul got more revelation than I'll ever have. The stuff I preached because he got the revelation of it. Paul said he had so much revelation and had an encounter with God. He said, I can't even quite remember if I was in the flesh, if I was in the spirit. I just can't remember if I was here on earth or whether I was called up to the third heaven. Paul had all kinds of revelation. And then Paul, with all his revelation, with all his education, with all his languages that he spoke, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, uh, 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 with, all, with all of that, he stands before King Agrippa and lays out the gospel. And King Agrippa says, Paul, you almost persuaded me. Paul said, I wish, I wish I could have thoroughly convinced you. He said, I wish you'd be fully persuaded. I can't persuade you. My job is to preach. God has given to every man the measure of faith. God put a believing mechanism in you. You got to engage it. You have the capacity to believe. You have the capacity to grow. Oh, I'm going to go deeper. You have the capacity to become a millionaire. You have the capacity to raise a godly family. You have the capacity to be a good wife. To be a good husband. You have the capacity. You got to put your faith in gear. I can't make that happen for you. Paul said, I marvel. 
How you gotten so far off? Uh, uh, God called you by the grace of Christ. Uh, you moved to another gospel. He said, truth of bad, verse 7, gospel means good news. He said, really, which is not another. You call another, it's really no other gospel. But there are some that trouble you that's trying to get you off on YouTube, Netflix, listening and watching everything and everybody. He said, uh, but, and they would pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul said, you got to get certain things settled. Oh, my God. That Christ is your life. Paul said, though we or an angel. Well, an angel came and told me. He was 10 foot tall. He came and sat on my bed. I don't mean no harm. I'm only partially could. The reason why I always say that, because I've heard people describe angels. And they say, angels came and sat on their bed, 10 foot tall, sat in the bed and started talking with me. I'm just going to tell you, I left the Lord help me. If a 10-foot angel comes sit on my bed, that's his bed. I'm getting me a new bed. Okay. Paul said if an angel, you say an angel came and gave you some new revelation other than Jesus. And what you know about Jesus. And I, don't, I mean that got to go beyond he's all right. <laughs> And though we are angels from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached. Let him be accursed. Let him be damned. Because Jesus is our life. Come on, say it with me. Say, Jesus is my life. I'm trying to encourage y'all to get your life back because we've gotten off. We reduce Jesus to, an, to a part of our life or even an important part of our life. And he's supposed to be our life. Get your life back. In this pandemic, I believe that the devil wanted to use this pandemic to rob us of our life. This pandemic came to disconnect us from the source of our power. Well, uh, just because you go to church don't mean you got a relationship with Jesus. I can worship God at home. I can pray at home. Is that what you're doing? All these folks are saying that. Is, is, is that what you're really doing? I can read my Bible at home. Yeah, how much time you doing that? Because every time I try to read my Bible, I don't know why. I try to get down and pray, and it's just before I know it. <laughs> Come to church! Because when you fall asleep here, I'll wake you up, won't I, Lord? Come to church! Somebody said, I can't believe he did that. If he did that to me, I will walk right. I wouldn't be here. I know that's why I didn't do it to you. She's been here for 25 years. By now, she ain't going nowhere. The rest of y'all got to Lord Jesus. I can't believe him. They're going to put me on social media. No, are you doing it? No, it came to rob us of our life. I'm about to go deeper here, y'all. How many of y'all, I know we're doing, ladies, y'all do the natural now. Yeah, but have you ever used a curling iron? Ever used a curling iron? Okay, I'm going to go deeper. How many of y'all ever used a straightening comb? Y'all don't know nothing about straightening combs. I had three sisters on Saturday night. My mama get that straightening comb and put it on that stove. I thought we frying chicken. It was hair. And you keep it on the stove 
and you straighten the hand, you put it back on the stove. Okay? And the reason why you had to put it back on the stove, because even though it was hot, if you didn't get it back to the source of the heat, it was hot, but if you don't get back to the source of the heat, it was hot, but if you don't get back to the source of the heat, it's going to become lukewarm. Then it's going to become cold. And your head going to be nappy. Don't lose the revelation with the illustration. A curling iron. A curling iron. It's, sometimes you stand there in front of the mirror, you got it plugged in, and you're curling, and everything's fine. Then all of a sudden, it's not curling so good anymore. And you look, and it's unplugged. That's what this, came, this pandemic came to do. It came to unplug you. From the salt, that's why you need to come to church if you can't come to church. Because some of y'all, you got unplugged. Now, but we got plugged into Netflix. We got plugged into Hulu and Peacock. I don't even know what Peacock is, but I've seen it. NBC, somebody says NBC. We got plugged into the news. Some of us mad because politics is boring now. Cause we like drama. Wake up, don't have a president who tweeted and cussed nobody out. Called nobody name. What kind of president is this? <laughs> Boring. But we got plugged to everything else. And now we come up with reasons why we don't go to church. Why spiritual things aren't that important. Why we've been doing the most regarding spiritual things. And so the devil's come to rob us and to unplug us from the source of our life. That's Paul. That's what he says in Acts 17 when he stands in Mars Hill, Acts 17 and 28. He says, for in him we live, we move, we have our being or very existence. And this pandemic wants to unplug you from the source of your power, from the source of your strength. The life of a believer is supposed to be characterized by righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the devil came to rob us of our righteousness, of our peace, and of our joy. Don't let the devil rob your life. The New Testament scripture says, uh, th that was Romans 14 and 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me, get, let me talk about those quickly. The first thing, the New Testament speaks of two aspects of righteousness. Now, in this dispensation of grace and, and what I call some people, what I call grace abuse. So when Paul says, so we continue in sin because grace abounds, God forbid, that's grace abuse. Well, Jesus already forgive me, so no matter what I do. Because I'm already covered by the blood and don't matter what I do. Because I, I don't earn my salvation. You know, I, I'm saved because Jesus said I'm saved. Don't matter who I sleep with. Because it, it ain't like who I sleep with or don't sleep with going to earn my salvation. That's grace abuse. So we continue in sin because grace abounds. And everybody's about, well, um, um, I don't think it's wrong. Anytime you hear people always talking about I, that's a selfish person. 
I, I, I. Well, I think. I, when you got saved, Jesus just didn't save you for you. I've been telling you all that for years. He saved you to be light in the earth. He saved you to get somebody else saved. Come on now. That's rhetorical. Don't have to hold your fingers up. How many people got saved because you got saved? If nobody else has gotten saved since you've been saved or because you got saved, you're not fulfilling purpose. All of us should be able to name somebody who got saved because of us. If you did nothing else than just, but just invite them to the church, I did the preaching, they came responding to the altar call. You got a part in their salvation. Who else is saved because of you? Or are you just going to heaven saying, well, you know, as long as I make it in. That's selfishness. Philippians second chapter, he says, he says, let every man, uh, uh, let nothing be done for vain glory, but each other esteeming your neighbor higher than yourself. And the Amplified says on message translation, he said, he said, stop thinking about yourself long enough to help somebody else. And sometimes we so defending our rights. Ain't nothing wrong with, ain't nothing wrong with, ain't no problem. And Jesus and, and Paul says, you need to shun the very appearance of evil. Paul said, Paul tells the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 8 chapter, I'm sending that brother to you. I want you to give the offering you say you're going to give. He said, and I'm sending somebody who you know has a good reputation. He said, the reason why I'm concerned that I'm sending somebody to get the offering who has a good reputation. He said, because I don't want anybody to blame us and how we handle this money. He said, because we got to provide things honest, not only in the sight of God, but in the sight of man. Let me say it again. It's, that's not about what God thinks. He said, I gotta, we got to do what's honest in the sight of man. Somebody, I don't care what people think. Well, if you don't care what people think, then you can't be a light. You can't be salt. Oh, y'all don't like me this morning. I, I might hoop in a minute, so just hang in there. I might. Bible speaks of two aspects of righteousness. Romans 5 and 17, it says those of us who... Who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. So righteousness is something I receive. Jesus died to make me righteous. He declared me righteous, which is justification. Romans 8 and 1. Therefore being justified. Okay, we have peace with God. Justified means God sees me just as if I never sinned through the blood of Jesus. And I have to receive that by faith. I receive my righteousness. Somebody say I receive my righteousness. It said when I receive my righteousness, my righteousness means right standing with God. When I receive... My right standing with God. Now I'm qualified and I'm put on a trajectory to reign in life. To be the head, not the tail. To be above, not beneath. To be the lender, not the borrower. Hallelujah. But now there's, there's another aspect of righteousness. Righteousness is received, but there's an aspect of righteousness about what we do. Not what we do to obtain righteousness, but what we do because we're righteous. Let me show you that. Because a lot of people, they're not hearing this. People ain't preaching it. First John 2 and 29. First John 2.29, he says, if you know that he's righteous, then you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of God. He said the evidence that you're really born of God is that you start doing right. So it's not just what I believe and that what I receive, but it's also my righteousness is demonstrated through what I do or how I behave or how I live my life. I don't live my life to be righteous, but because I'm righteous, I live my life in a particular way. Are y'all with me here? First John 3 and 7. Paul says, little children, let no man deceive you. He said, don't get off. Don't let anybody deceive you. Here we go. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. He that what? Oh, so 
He said, everybody claiming they're righteous, he said, watch what they do. He said, don't, don't, don't get deceived by these folks who just claiming righteousness. He said, watch their life. Be not deceived. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. So righteousness is what I receive, but it's also displayed through what I do. Rhetorical question, are you doing righteousness? Or do you just receive righteousness? But what you receive should be manifest in what you do. Don't tell me how righteous you are and, 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 and anytime somebody make a mistake, you cut them off. I'm done with you. They can go to hell as far as I'm concerned with your righteous self. Don't tell me how you, you righteous and you cuss everybody out. Everybody. I mean, there are some people deserve it, but they deserve it. But you cuss everybody out. The ones who didn't even cut you off. The one who cut you off in the road. I get why you tell them they're number one. Joey said, that was the index finger. I said, Joey said, oh! Joey said, oh, Pastor Lawson, Jesus. But the ones who did nothing, just the one going faster than you. You want to cuss them out, put your finger up to them too. But you're right yourself. Are y'all listening to me? You got to get back to thinking right and doing right. Because this pandemic tried to rob us of our righteousness. We've changed what we believe is right and wrong. Let me me go deeper. What was wrong before the the pandemic is still wrong post-pandemic. What was wrong pre-pandemic is still wrong post-pandemic. Second thing this pandemic came to rob us of is our peace. Somebody said, I got to hold on to my peace. Oh my God. Believers, believers, y'all, the truth of the matter, we've gotten comfortable because it's all around us and it permeates the world. We've gotten comfortable embracing fear. Because everybody's scared. Everybody's fearful. Believers gotten comfortable accepting fear and speaking fear. That's why the Lord challenged me. He said, stop saying, be careful. I don't want my people full of care. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be responsible. But don't go around full of care. Worrying about things that's beyond your ability to handle. Worrying about things that God exists for. You have to be intentional about spiritual things and spiritual matters. This pandemic has caused many to have misplaced priorities. It's time for Christians to take back our lives and be what God created us to be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for Get Your Life Back. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. 
Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.